Fighting Lead Heads, welcome back to Talking Lead. I'm your host, Left Hand, and we're going to have a really big show for you this week. I've got uh, several guests lined up, and I've got two sitting and waiting as we speak. But first, I'd like to go ahead and thank my guest from last week, Matt Powell with Primac, and uh, thank him for putting up that trivia question. Uh, quick mention on that, it's the Tactical Movement Transition with Pistol or Rifle video part one that you got to go watch, and you need to tell us how many shots were fired. We're not giving away that trivia prize until that video hits 900 views. So I think he's uh, close to 500 right now, so you guys got a way to go before we give that away. So we're not giving that away this week, obviously. I want to thank Dipstick Custom Coatings. Uh, their website is at Dipstick123. Remember to use that discount code to get 10% off all their products, except for the big old dipping tubs that they sell. Everything else you get 10% off on, and you use the code LEADHEAD. And we want to thank Matt for also offering a discount code at Pramec. You can go there and get 15% off anything in their store. Uh-oh, somebody's calling me there. <laughs> a little feedback. There's a hint as to who one of our guests is. I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mute yours for a second. Let me get through this. Uh, so go to Primic, uh, go to their website, their store, and get 15% off and use the code LEADHEAD, and that's all caps, LEADHEAD, all one word, same as you're going to be using for Dipstick Customs, Dip123. Uh, and we want to welcome a new sponsor that we've got, Nordic Components. Nordic Components uh, is going to be sponsoring not only Talking Lead, but they are also sponsoring Casey Griggs, our three-gunner. So big thanks and welcome to Nordic Components. And guess what? They're also offering a discount code to all you lead heads. And you can go to their website and you get 7% off and you use the code, guess what? LEADHEAD. That's right. All caps, uh, all one word, LEADHEAD. Uh, we're going to actually have more with those guys in some upcoming episodes. So go ahead and show them the Leadhead love. Go to their Facebook page and welcome them to Talking Lead. So let's go ahead and introduce our guests this week. Uh, as you could tell from one, you heard the emergency calls back there. Casey Griggs is going to be joining us. Casey, welcome. Hello. And our super special guest this week is Tim <laughs> with with tactical walls. Um. <laughs> Emphasis on special. No, you're super special because you're going to be with me the whole show. Casey's probably not going to be with us the whole show. He's uh, on duty right now, so I'm sure he'll get called out on some kind of an emergency. Uh, sound like some lady fell and couldn't get up there for a minute. Is that something you got to respond to, Casey? <laughs> no, that's not us. That's a whole other station, so that's a good thing. Very good. So Tim with Tactical Walls, he's going to be with us the whole show, and we're actually hoping to have another special guest join us later on in the show. Don't don't want to get your hopes up and him not be able to join us. So, Guys, welcome in. Thanks for having us. Appreciate you joining us. Glad you were able to come all the way out here where we are. We're pretty remote. So well, you, you are remote. Make it's, it out here. It's special. It remind, Casey, it reminds me of that cave that you and I got to shoot in this past weekend. 
Yeah, I know, right? It was it's extremely dark back there, so I mean it's kind of like uh, super dark. Need or some thermal or something going on back there. What are you getting ready for Halloween, Tim? No, I'm just uh, spending a little time in the mobile office. It's quiet. It's stretch <laughs> out. Take my boots off. There you go. Peace and quiet, right? From the the kids and the dogs. Gotta be quiet. Gotta be quiet for these things. Casey, we had a, a big event this past weekend. Let's go ahead and talk about the Trigicon Challenge that uh, you were a participant in. I didn't participate, but I was there uh, supporting and trying to get some video. I've got a lot of video. I just haven't had the time to put anything together, but that's my goal. Uh, I'll probably have something out before this hits air. Tell us about the Trigicon Challenge. It was definitely a shock to the system, especially if you shoot just three-gun particularly. It's definitely, you have to be well-rounded in everything. So I definitely know what to practice for next year if I compete in it again, that's for sure. Well, you really don't because my, it's my understanding that they change it up every year. It's something different every year. So they do, but if you, um, right, I know. You can hear <laughs> it in the background. Wonderful. Okay, here we go. Anyway, but now... Uh, I mean, you, you can bet that a lot of the platforms will still be there, though, like some of the Skeet and uh, probably the possibly the 22 pistols, Bianchi-style shooting again or any of that. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many different platforms they can do, but uh, when you I shoot... I don't know, man. I think it's I think it's limitless. Hey, if they want, if they want to throw a bolt action in there with long range, I'm yeah. all about it. I think I they, could... they had a uh, wrist rocket with a whisker biscuit. <laughs> 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 Uh, that was, I think that was one of the bonus stages, but uh, you know they might. No, what's preventing them from throwing muskets in, throwing uh, lever actions in? What's what's to prevent them from doing that? Hey, that's fine. If they throw lever actions in, I'm used to that. Remember, I grew up in the I grew up in the country, so you grew I up in the wild, wild wild west. I can do I can do that, and I can do black powder, so that's okay. Yeah. So I didn't get there until until the second day, and they actually tried to get you guys ahead of schedule. It was supposed to be a three day shoot. And they got most everybody done in two days. So they accelerated you through the first day, and I missed a lot of that. Um, kind of walk us through the different stages and what all you had to do uh, during this during this challenge. Well, the first day, I don't know if, if any many any shooters are are familiar with the Bianchi style of shooting. A lot of pistol, nine uh, millimeter, twenty two. They also had a forty five stage pistol set up. Of course, they changed it to two hands instead of one. But with a 22 pistol, you had to stick one hand in your pocket, kind of, or on your hip, whatever you had to do. Kind of similar to the Bianchi Cup style shooting. Could and, you not uh, grab your nutsack? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hey, I guess if you wanted to, that's always possible. Uh, Put a little had, flair to it, you know. <laughs> then they had one stage with those that I was pretty familiar with that I enjoy a lot, and that's, uh, of course, they had a 22 rifle for that stage instead of a 223. But it did more military style uh, shooting. Actually, you did standing, sitting, and and let's uh, say standing, kneeling, and sitting is what you had to do in those three positions. Yeah. And no, no supine. No, no prone, no prone. So I mean, that's uh that works on that. So, but it was it was pretty fun. Now another thing that they did with with this, obviously, it's Trigicon, and Trigicon is a optic provider. Optic. For you know, company, they had optics on all, just about all the guns, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, every every weapon they had there had a red dot or a scope of, of some sort that they make on it. And there wasn't any ACOGs this time, but there was a lot of their uh, 
power, AccuPower and AccuPoint style scopes, a lot of their reflex uh, red dot sights that you put on their pistols and everything, those were there. They had the new MRO, in which I have one of, and I absolutely love that sight. It is dead on. I can give them complete props for that. So, I mean, they're nipping at the heels of aim point with that one. So, I mean, that's, uh, they're, if they don't surpass aim point with that optic, I'll be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So, the first day was a lot of 22s, a lot of pistols, a lot of rifles. You didn't do any shotgun the first day, did you? No, no, not, well, no, not on the first day. Uh, the first day, we kind of done just more of the Bianca Cup style shooting. The second day, we got in a lot of shotguns. Yeah, and that's the day that I showed up, and I was a little bummed because I got plenty of footage of you shooting shotguns from the Brown Hills competition, so I was I was excited to hear that that wasn't the only uh, thing that you'd be shooting that day, but you did, what, the first three stages, uh, you did like an over-under stage, uh, and then you went and shot some Benelli's on the next two stages, wasn't it? Yeah, the next three stages. Okay, next three stages you had Benelli shotguns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Weatherby with the over-under was the first one. Which, yeah, uh, that was a sweet lot. gun. It was, and it felt good, and it shot good. And Unfortunately, I'm not used to Benelli's, so that kind of bummed me out on those stages. But uh, Just the atmosphere up there at Rock Castle. I don't think I mentioned where it was. The Trujagon Challenge was at Rock Castle this year uh, up in uh, Kentucky. It's Park City, Kentucky. Uh, Nick Noble is the CEO of Rock Castle up there, and he put on a fabulous event. i got to give Nick some kudos uh, for getting all that organized and putting it together. And I know probably Trigicon had some, some some of that to do. Just that, the layout up there, if you guys have never been to Rock Castle, you need to go up there and visit. It's my understanding that it's open all the time, right? So people could go up there. You might need to schedule some time to shoot uh, some of their uh, some of their courses, but They've got lodging facilities up there. They've got a bed. It's a breakfast and lunch and dinner that they serve uh, every day. There's a golf course at this place. Hiking. There's these phenomenal caves. And we're going to talk about one of the the bonus stages where Casey and I both went and actually got to shoot in this cave. But go check out Rock Castle uh, Shooting Center up in Park City, Kentucky, whenever you get a chance. It's absolutely gorgeous up there. Uh, I had to I had to say that because I mean we, I've been up there for three events four events now and, and I mean every time I see something different I'm in, I'm differently impressed with it over something I, mean, I don't there's always something new mm-hmm. Nick does a really good job up there coordinating everything and uh, I think his brother assists him also in some of that so yeah it's a family uh, run kind of deal his dad and his brother and everybody yeah and their staff does a really good job at doing a lot of that stuff and. Uh, you know, if any, if there's any other places that would like to start a place similar to Rock Castle, you know, they need to really go up there and get a grasp of, of what they do and, you know, the amount of time and effort that goes into doing that. Yeah. They put a lot into it, and it means a lot to them, so that, yeah. uh, that helps and, a lot. And Nick has been on the show before, and we're going to have him on uh, again in an upcoming episode. They, they've got a, a 2A, a Second Amendment community that they're developing up there, and... It sounded pretty freaking awesome to me. So we're going to get him on and talk about uh, the homes that they're building up there and uh, what all they're developing in this community itself. So stay tuned for that. So Tactical Walls didn't make it. We missed you guys at the the Trigicon Challenge. Yeah, we don't make it a lot of places. (laughs) You don't make it to a lot of places? No, we don't. We we really stay pretty busy with the stuff that we're doing and... uh, 
And to be frank, we don't even know about a lot of these different events just because we're a small team of people and just, you know, grinding away in our own little dark caves here. Will allow us to fill you in from now <laughs> on. <laughs> I, you know, I'll tell you what, I wish you guys were there because uh, you, I, you really missed a good opportunity for sales because uh, they were featuring a lot of concealed carry style equipment there. Yeah. And, uh, of course, when you get into concealed carry, people get into talking about concealment in their homes also. Right. You guys specialize in and the stuff that you make. So Our last two events that we uh, attended, we had a uh, display set up, and uh, you guys were in Georgia at the IV-88 shoot. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, everybody really enjoyed that. That display was really good for us. It was on the firing line, and it gave everyone a chance to lay hands on our product and kind of open them and sort of did a little two-gun competition for everybody. And tried yeah, to, that was, tried that was really it. fun. We, we got some great feedback from that. We're also um, sponsoring a three-gun stage for Smith & Wesson. It's the backup gun stage in November here up in Massachusetts, I think. It's really oh, okay. That would be cool. So, so you guys could have set something like that up at this Trigicon because they, they had these bonus um, stages where the competitors, if they wanted to, they could go compete, but each one had a different prize. Uh, allotted to it, and it was basically based on whatever company was sponsoring it. Really, yeah, that's that's that would be that's exactly the kind of stuff we need to be getting into. Yeah, again, that though, would be a perfect setup for you guys. You can count on there being a wrist rocket with a whisker biscuit. <laughs> at that stage. <laughs> I'm curious, what what is that? It's uh, it's just those little crazy powerful slingshots that you know people put in their little bug out bags. The the outdoor survivalists like to carry because they're real small. It's the kind of slingshot you got when you were in junior high and you could shoot ball bearings like 100 million miles an hour. Okay, all right. But then the whisker biscuit is a archery thing for holding the – it's like a donut. Yeah. And then in the center of it, it's got a bunch of bristles. And then you, it holds your – you know, put your arrow in it and it steadies it. And that's a I great graphic you. for the camera. <laughs> People are uh, – they'll take the whisker biscuit and they'll install that on the – slingshot and then they they're able to shoot a uh, compound bow arrow through a slingshot. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But, uh, I I grew up <laughs> with a completely different definition of a whisker biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're from Tennessee. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. No, that would be awesome. Um, that's what I've been harping on on these three-gun competitions is that they need to start implementing, and I know they're not guns, but they're, they're forms of guns, bow and arrows, and slingshot would add a whole other dimension too. I didn't even thought about it, adding a slingshot uh, stage to a three-gun competition. That would be awesome. You know, super astonished that Trigicon did not do, and I am surprised they didn't have a compound bow stage. Yeah, because they make bow sights as well. They make one heck of a bow sight that me and my brother-in-law both would like to have on a bow, but, yeah. boy, that's a pretty little price tag they got on it, too. Well, hell, drop it in their suggestion box. <laughs> yeah, that could, be a, that could be a match for next year. It could. That could be one of their bonus stages. Yeah, I'm definitely. in. Yeah, definitely. But uh, so you had two days of shooting up there. Um, it was, thir was it Thursday, Friday, or Friday, Saturday? Thursday, Friday, wasn't it? Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday we just had kind of all day to do whatever we wanted to. Right, and we, we had the opportunity to go shoot some videos. Uh, Nick was kind enough to give us access to their cowboy town where they uh, they do cowboy action shooting up there also. So we had the whole town to ourselves, 
and we got to uh, sh shoot some video with the Troy Conqueror. Mm -hmm. And Casey just got his Smith and Wesson back from DP Customs and Weapon Works, uh, who did his Cerakote. And that thing was, I mean, it was just like shooting. I don't know. I couldn't compare it to anything. It was smooth, man. It was really nice. They did yeah, a great like job. It. And with your, your Apex trigger on there? Oh, man, that those red platies from Apex, I'll tell you what, those four set triggers are just, that is the bomb for a Smith & Wesson. I don't care what anybody says. I, I'll put any trigger up against it. I like it. Yeah, but uh, they, did a, they did an excellent job with the slide, cutting out the lightning uh, cuts. Is that what they call them, lightning cuts? And then the serrations they did on it, right? Yeah, they have all kinds of different types of packages, I'm sure, that you could do or anything that you might want they can do. Um, but they are super, super good guys to deal with. Uh, one's a prior Marine, prior military guy. One is a volunteer fireman. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course, they both serve in their own ways. So, I mean, that's, uh, you know, they're but they do great work. Yeah, yeah. So we posted some pictures of that, but uh, we did some videos, and we'll be posting those videos up uh, soon. You guys know how I am with videos. I, I say I'm going to post it, so, you know, six months from now it'll be up. <laughs> I've got tons and tons of videos that I haven't got to, Tim. Then you find them. Huh? Then you find videos. I like to. I like when I find videos that I did a long time ago. Oh, oh Lord. I forgot to yeah. show that. You're like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I've got one I'm going to do. I haven't done it yet. I'd like to do it with you guys, but you guys had sent me, Tactical Walls sent me one of their, their clocks. Does this have a particular name? Do you call this something... Tactical wall clock, I think. Okay, tactical wall, tactical wall clock, and it's got the talking lead logo on the face of it, which is just f***ing awesome. And I, I can't, I can't have anything that's just stock. I have to go and customize it somehow, some way. So I went and on the hands they were black. I put some of that glow in the dark paint stuff on them so that they'll they'll glow in the dark. Well, so I added a, a whole other level of badasseriness to it. You can you can go now too and buy your own hands. Because you can go find other styles of hands if you don't like the old Marty McFly clock tower hands you got there. <laughs> I love it. I love those. So <laughs> I love the Back to the Future clock hands on there. They're big. They're easy to see. And uh, they, they took the um, glow-in-the-dark paint like a champ. You saw we didn't put any numbers on that clock for you because we know you can't read them anyway. Well, you know, this is, this is a fact. I couldn't tell time until I was in high school on a clock like this because I always grew up with digital clocks and watches and stuff. I just never learned how to read one of them. You know, analogs. Yeah, you know, analogs. But, yeah, so I'm going to do a little little something-something video with this clock um, coming yeah, soon. Yeah, all, right, so, all right, so during the Trigicon Challenge, there was these bonus uh, stages that contestants could go, and there was additional prizes that they could win. One of them was, um, what was the thermal? There was a thermal um, stage, and we went to that, and it was it was kind of too early in the day because the targets were blending in with the the hillside. Yeah, I think the the company had R was it RSR Steel? Is that the name of the steel company that had all the stuff out there and had thermal optic on it on the rifle? Well, well, no, they were giving it was the thermal optic company that was there doing it because they were giving away one of their six thousand dollar thermal optics to the person who got the best time. I think it was the same company that done the cave, though, wasn't it? No, it was. A, it was. A, I think it was a different company. Different Those company. Two separate companies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you tried that one. I didn't try that one because um, as we got up there, there was a big long line of people coming, 
and uh, you know people that paid for the competition, I won't get in their way, so I just skipped that one. But uh, you did pretty decent on it, considering. Yeah, considering that the it was at the height of the day where the heat was the highest, so it, they were the targets were starting to blend in the background, and it was kind of hard to yeah. start to see them through the thermal. But uh, it, um, I mean, it was, I was pretty impressed with it, so I can imagine where it would be one wicked sight yeah. at night. You know, if you so had that. on that stage, what they what you had to do is you had to shoot offhand the first two targets, right? Yeah, well, you had to shoot standing, basically, for the first two targets, and then you could go prone or do whatever you wanted to. Okay, so first two targets you had to do standing, and then the last two you could do whatever you want to. And you uh, hit the first one, had a little trouble on the second one, mm -hmm. and you hit the third one, and then did you run out of bullets? Is that what happened? Because you only I got, got five. I think you got five shots. Is that how many you got? Four targets, five yeah, shots, right? So. Yeah, because... Like I said, once you got once you got really to the second target, it was starting to blend like crazy. Or no, actually, it was seven shots. You got seven shots. There were four targets, seven shots. Yeah, that may be right. That's yeah. it's all running together. But yeah. Yeah, but uh, everybody there that shot in your group, I don't think one person, Brandon, completed it. I think he he got all hit all I targets. Brandon got them all or not? I think it was Brandon. Yeah, <clears throat> one of the guys in that group did. But anyway. There were there two other bonus stages. Yeah, they had one that was a kind of a concealed carry draw out of a uh, satchel bag. Yeah, uh, that was I think Vertex was putting that on, and uh, I think the guy went out to shoot or something and never come back. So <laughs> yeah, so they said he got he got he partied a little too hard the night before, but yeah. we didn't didn't get to shoot that because dude didn't show up, which <laughs> that was very be, rare, very rare in this industry. Yeah. <laughs> that people party too much the night before the event or show. Yeah, or right. or after. But um, then we went to, which has got to be the coolest stage that you know, I've ever seen in any kind of three-gun history competition, is a cave. So we go on, there's this cave shoot. So you go in this cave, and you're using, I can't remember the name of the company. Who I got one of their cards. I remember of it. Uh, he gave you a couple of cards, didn't he? Yeah, he did, <clears throat> but I don't have them like handy. Running together. They but, failed. But I got I did a video on it, and uh, you'll see it on the video. But it, it was it was freaking phenomenal. Uh, so you get to go in the cave, and it's pitch black dark, and they've got these targets set up through the passageway. And you get to where – what kind of helmets do we have on? Uh, they were just some basic uh, – the lightweight – Ballistic but they didn't gun. have any IR or anything on the helmets itself. We just put that on to protect our, our freaking... Right. Well, I mean, they're, they're, I call them fast helmets. I don't know what, really what they call them, but uh, yeah. you, know, you see a lot of entry teams use them and stuff like that. They're pretty fast entry teams, not just yeah. your basic slot. You know, but, but we um, were using... It was IR sights, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, IR sights. And, and then the targets uh, were, were lit up, and you could only see them... Up. You could only Hang see on. them... Yeah, you could only see them through through the scope. So you had to go through, navigate through the uh, the cave, and look through. You know, bring the scope down, navigate, bring it up, try to find the targets. And they were using some kind of a uh, simunition. It was uh, yeah, non toxic what, squids. Is that what you call them? Squibs is what I call them. They're basically squibs. little paintballs, uh, and it's like a little CO two style cartridge that once the primer is activated. Basically, that's all that it does. The primer just activates it and shoots that little paintball out. Yeah. And it takes this type of bolt and uh, everything inside the weapon to shoot that. 
Yeah, but it's just a conversion. So it's a AR-15 that we're shooting, and they've converted it uh, with the CO2 stuff. So we go through, and I don't remember how many targets. I think there were eight targets. Eight targets, I believe. And you had to shoot each one two times in the little circle area. In the A zone, yeah. Yeah, in the A zone. And then they would time you, and you get points based on your time and your shots on target. But that was just phenomenal, man. I loved doing that. I wanted to do it again. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. They had you just kind of, you let in by glow sticks, basically. And uh, once you get down there, they turn every light off. It's pitch black. Let your eyes adjust. And then they give you the optic and tell you to go. <laughs> yeah. And they're behind you just kind of making sure. Because there were some spots where there were some low spots and there were some dips. And they would warn you when you were coming up on those. But, uh, man, I loved that. And then the freaking tree huggers showed up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so, not a really nice way to put this, but other than hippies. Yeah, so some activists, some environmental activists, just came out of nowhere. Uh, everybody thought they were with the competition. Of course, you know they looked out of place to begin with. But they get down there and they go, "Oh, what's going on, guys? What are you doing?" And we're like, "Well, this is one of the bonus stages. Um, we're down here in the cave and shooting." And they, all of a sudden, their panties got in a wad. <laughs> they're like, you're shooting guns in there with the bats? <laughs> and they're like, uh, who are you? Yeah. They're like, who are you? Who are you with? Why are you here? Yeah, but, they said all they wanted to do was go look at the entrance of the cave. Yeah, they're like, well, we just want to go down here and look at the entrance of the cave. So the guy who was running the stage, like, okay. So he let them down there, and they got down there, and apparently they were making a big stink about <laughs> them shooting uh, – the guns in the cave. So the dude took them in there and explained to them and showed them what they were doing and actually invited them to go through and shoot. I think one of them wanted to do it and the other guy had to drag her out so she wouldn't <laughs> so she wouldn't do it. Yeah. She would go to the dark, dark, dark side. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, they should have let her, I guess. But, uh, you know, either way, they, they showed and made a point, though. The stuff is non-toxic and it's not going to damage any, any part of the historic part of the cave. But either way, it's private property. It is. It was, and they didn't have a, a leg to stand on, really. But no animals or you know anything was in danger of being hurt uh, during that. No, not at all. No um, activists, except your noggin when you hit it up on one of the stalactites. Yeah, stalactites, stalagmites, whatever those may be. But Tites that was come a, from the ceiling. It was a great event. So if you guys get an opportunity to go up to Rock Castle, go check it out. And Trigicon's thinking about having it again there next year. Or maybe the year after that. I think they might already be committed for next year. Yeah, that's something they announced at the um, uh, award banquet about the possibility of it. Because they got up there, the owner of Trujicon, I think, was there and said, how would you like to have it again? And then, of course, everybody just piped up real quick and started cheering and everything else. And Cool. So now, how, how did you fare in the competition? I, I'm middle of the road. You know, I, did, I didn't do bad, but I didn't do great either. Because, I, I mean... You kind of sucked it up. I mean, let's be honest. You kind of sucked it up on the, the Benelli's, on the shotgun yeah. stages. Well, I found out, you know, after talking to a lot of people, those particular style Benelli's, like I said, I'm not used to shooting those. I'm used to shooting Mossbergs. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but those things, you know, they're. I found out those particular shotguns, you had to hold it right on the skeet on a couple of those stages to even hit it. Yeah. Well, and that's what a lot of people had to find out as they were shooting because that was the cool thing about this competition is nobody was using their own guns. These were all guns that were provided by, sighted in by, ammunition provided by Trigicon. So mm -hmm. the shooters just show up and they don't really know what's going to happen. 
No. So that no, was no. that's what I thought was cool about it. It kind of puts everybody on a level playing field. Now, if you've had you know a lot of experience skeet shooting, you probably did well on that that yeah. stage. Yeah, a lot of those guys. You know, I didn't feel too bad though because even the pros were struggling with some of that stuff. So I mean, that's a uh, yeah. You know, that's a uh, that's a pretty good accomplishment if they if you hear their yeah. struggling. But there was a hundred and ninety. Uh, people in that competition, and you know, you finishing middle of the road was, you know, that's very admirable, man. You did a great job. It was, I think, ninety third is what I turned out to be. So, and if it wasn't for the the shotgun state, now the double barrel, I mean, the the over under, you tore it up, man. You did great on I mean, it. That over under weather, man. I I picked it up real quick for some reason. It just uh, it felt good. And of course, that's what everybody tells me too. You know, don't don't take it hard on some of those shotguns because. You have to find a shotgun. It's like anything, even a rifle. If it fits you, it fits you. Yeah. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, it's kind of one of those. The Benelli's to me didn't feel good. <laughs> it felt like I was fighting it more than I was shooting it. Yeah. Well, if you're shooting something you're not used to, that's kind of what you get. You just need more practice with them if, if you want to, but that's up to you. And again, you know, they, that wasn't one of their three-gun Benelli's either. So I don't. I've never shot the three-gun Benelli from uh, Terran Tactical, so I don't know what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a so light. You got any competitions coming up? Uh, yeah, actually, I got one coming up Sunday. That I'm gonna go compete in in Manchester. So this Sunday? <laughs> this well, it kind of got popped on me last night, late. Uh, so I didn't. Okay. Think anything of it? Are you going to any Halloween parties, guys? <laughs> no. Nah. Nah. <laughs> All right. So if you were to go to a Halloween party, what would you go as? Tim. To me. Whew. And you can't say you can't say Rob Boss. No, I wouldn't go as Rob Boss. And for you, for you guys who don't know that picture that I posted of of the cameo with Bob Ross <laughs> shooting the the AR, or they call him Bob Ross, I guess for so you don't get sued. We call we're, we created a character named Rob Boss. Rob Boss. That was Boss. Tim. That was Tim <laughs> that had the big <laughs> afro on and the big uh, painting palette <laughs> as he's. Mowing down targets with the AR, full auto AR. That was cool. That there it is, the famous <laughs> <laughs> color palette. It recently broke on me. All right, so I've got a I've got a freaking costume party that I go to gotta go to with Pepper and I don't have a costume. What should I what should I go as? Mm. Hmm. <laughs> Man, you guys are no fucking help. Come on. <laughs> I thought Tim would be just rattling all kinds of stuff. Well, out. I got all sorts of ideas. If you could, uh, just, you got a you got a blonde wig. I could you probably get one. Get a blonde, long-haired wig and just lay down in the middle of the floor. Don't move. And when people ask you who you are, you can just tell them you're Bill Cosby's date. <laughs> Bill Cosby's date. Okay. Or if you do move, you can tell them you're Caitlyn Jenner. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You could play that know. one one wig. You could. You're two characters right there. Boom. I could go two ways with it. You get you get a drumstick, your Garth from Wayne's World, with yes. the blonde wig. Awesome versatility. I'm liking this, man. I'm so, liking this. So one wig, you bang for your buck. I could go. One. I could go to like three different costume parties that same night and never change my costume and be three different characters. You could go as a tombstone. When people ask who you tombstone, you are you tell them you're Glenn from The Walking Dead. <laughs> now that's not been verified. I know it's not. It's he's not dead. Everybody's speculating that. That he, I don't see how they can not kill him after doing that to people. I mean, he's they can't—they can't do that to their their audience. You know, he they're going. 
You know he he's dead. He's gonna die. He wasn't die. on the uh, what's the show after show the 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 Talking Dead. The Talking Dead. He was not on their tribute of people that were killed that episode. Yeah, and he doesn't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that doesn't mean Jack. I don't know. I don't follow it, so I don't. I'm not really qualified to say or even be speaking on it. I know in the comic books that he he got killed, but it was in no way like that. He got like a baseball bat, his head bashed in with a baseball bat. Yeah. With supposedly a character that they're getting ready to introduce, so. So he should still be there if they're going to stay true to the book. I think what they're going to do is they're they're going to not let him die that way, but then they're going to bring him back and then they're going to kill him again. Sure. They're going to double kill him. That's just my hypothesis. Casey, you don't watch The Walking Dead at all, do you? No. Yeah, you don't know what the hell we're talking about. He's got a life. He's got a life. <laughs> hey, listen, Casey, I know you got to go, man. Appreciate you uh, being on, and uh, we're, we'll catch up with you soon. Definitely, definitely. And uh, I definitely want to buy one of those shelves, those concealment shelves that you have. Yeah, get with us. We'll, we'll, we'll hook you up. Hey, I could hydro dip it for you. You can get it hydro dipped. <laughs> it paint you a nice little picture and like, glow in the dark paint. There hell you yeah. go. You could, uh, what's that guy, Bob Rossett? We could Rob Boss that thing. Rob Boss yeah. it, hell yeah. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Paint some trees on it, happy trees. Yeah. Hey, speaking of which, what video was that that I seen? There was some new video that I just seen on Facebook. Of what? Yeah, The what? Uh, Rob Boss on the back of a uh, Harley. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hadn't that, seen that yet. There's, um, we've got three parts coming out for that video, and... That was uh, part one of three, and then oh, we're going to have a part two of three and a part three of three. But it's um, that all happened real fast, last minute, as we were leaving for Georgia. I decided, why don't take this – I had this prop wig and this palette for leftover from the other video that we'd made a couple months ago, and I decided, why not take this character with us down to the 88 shoot? So that's what we did. Last minute, we just threw it all in the van, and off we went. Brilliant. So, <laughs> so then the video that you just saw was the uh, part one is his interview where I'm interviewing him about his journey from Alaska to Florida cool. to go to the various gun shoots, and he stops in Georgia. So it's just a build-up progression. So part one is some of his interview for his travels. Part two will be his time in Georgia. Part three will probably be his time in Florida and maybe just some more travels and stuff. I don't know. We really uh, don't no. know. All right. Before I jump off, though, I'm just going to say one thing. Make sure you check out Troy Industries. Check out their uh, Troy Defense webpage. Check out World of Troy on Instagram. Check out on Facebook, all those. And also, do me a favor and check out Nordic Components. Uh, give those guys a like and a shout-out, too. Uh, I want to thank them personally for joining in on Talking Leads show here. Proud to have them as a sponsor also. Keep a lookout for the 2016 catalog coming out eventually from Troy Industries. They're doing a lot of shows right now advertising some of their new stuff with their weapons and accessories that are coming out. So, just wanted to throw that in there before I jumped off. So, and and Nordic component, or not Nordic, but uh, DP Customs and Weapon Works also. Oh yeah, definitely check those guys out. Definitely check them out. Check out Doug at DP Customs. Uh, give him a shout. Call him. He'll answer his phone. He's good at doing that, and he does outstanding work. And Zach at Weapon Works uh, for the Cerakote jobs. It, they, those guys take their job to heart. So I mean, it's uh, they do great work. Check out their Facebook pages and Instagram. They got some killer killer stuff that they do. And some of the Cerakote jobs, they got like flags and stuff like that on their weapons. It's pretty sweet. So Don't want to ruin it, but we might have some discount codes coming up from them also. Sweet. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 
Sweet. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Definitely. You guys take I'll, it easy. I'll at you tomorrow. All right. We'll see y'all. All right. So thanks to Casey for being on and updating us on the Trigicon challenge. It was a great time. And uh, hopefully I'll get to join him this Sunday. So back to our super special guest, Tim with Tactical Walls. Tim? Hey. Tell everybody about Tactical Walls. Everybody's been hearing about them, the Leadheads. I know a lot of them have gone online already and ordered some stuff from you. But for those who uh, have been living in a cave lately, tell everybody about Tactical Walls, who you are and what you do. Uh, Tactical Walls. We are a small family-owned and operated business out of... I can say Western Virginia, not to be confused with West Virginia, which is a very great place as well. Yeah. But um, you're in ver- the western part of Virginia. Western part of Virginia, and in fact, some of our uh, some of our staff lives in West Virginia. So okay, so and, not a bad uh, thing. Not a bad thing. No, West Virginia is a great state. It's a great place to go, and we go out there, hang out. We shoot a lot of guns out there. They got a nice range, and a lot of good property. So they probably live on the east side of West Virginia. Yeah, you got that right. Exactly. And uh, we build a variety of, or at least three years ago when we started the business, we had a few products. We had two when we really kicked off. We had a large mirror and a small mirror, and people just really loved them. They they just, you know. Now, what you guys are doing is you're, you're specializing in furniture that you can conceal items, and mainly, I mean, you're catering to firearms. Exactly, yep. And right. it's, it's, it conceals it, but it allows you to, to access it real quickly. Um, so, you, you know, you remember everyone seeing the old movies or the cartoons back in the day where, like that mirror right behind you there or a picture on a wall where you, you hinge it open and there's a safe. You know, mm-hmm. there's that whole cliche of behind the executive's desk, there's a picture and yeah. behind it, there's a safe. Or that, or that book that you pull out and the bookcase opens up. And exactly. Exactly. So yeah. we just sort of started from there we were like well hey there's there's definitely some space to be used in a wall and we could build a nice looking custom whatever whether it started with a mirror and we went from there and then we've offered it now in multiple sizes we offer it as a print as a chalkboard you can you can send us your family photo christmas photo whatever it is we'll print it on canvas and install it for you you can choose the color we send it to you it's ready to go you hang it in your house and you've got a nice little hiding spot for a, maybe a handgun or Very cool. it's for a rifle so, yeah, because you can customize the size. So exactly, it could be it could be in your workout room, and you could have one of those full size mirrors where you're you know checking the bot out and everything, and where you're taking all your Instagram pictures. Yeah, that's right. Where you're doing your selfies, <laughs> and so, you can have that sucker turn into a tactical walls concealment wall. Yeah, you could do the whole wall. We actually we just released last month and a half, two months ago. We started a whole custom line whole custom division where people can contact us we've got a, it's the custom shop tab on our website but they can leave an email to get a quote they can call in to ask if they've got something that they want to see done with a piece of furniture something you know that will suit their house because we all live in different houses they all have different style decor so some of us do yeah sky's the limit <laughs> it depends on what state you're in i guess <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> No, but you've got something that will fit every style, whether it might be country cabin style or it's a metrosexual style. You've got something that's going to fit everybody's style. We've got guys, girls, young, old. You know, we've got something. And if we don't, you contact us. There's a good chance we can make what you want. So we've been we've been growing as a business the last couple of years. We've been adding to the product line. 
We've got a couple cool projects we're working on now that I'm not going to talk about or go into too deep. But Oh, come on, man. We uh, want an exclusive here. That's what this show's about, exclusives. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to us. I can tell you we've got, uh, we've got some smaller things, and we've just released two different size shelves that were – well, one's released already. One's not yet released, but will be real soon. Yeah. And uh, little, little things that make it real easy to, to get a, just one handgun. Yeah. And um, th- we think they're going to be really big for people because – like uh, Casey was just on, he could buy multiple of them and have a couple of them staged throughout his house. Right. So now I got to ask you this. I'm, I'm jumping. I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit, but this has been on my mind for a while. I've been uh, anxious to have you on. Is I've been thinking about doing something to the back of the lead sled, uh, as far as some sort of gun cabinets or whatnot. Are you guys getting into the vehicle type stuff? We've 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 messed with it. A long time ago. We've never shown anybody anything, um, but yeah. we've had the request from enough people where it's like, it's not really what we set out to do, yeah. but we don't, at the time, we didn't have the resources to really pursue that, and it's still not a main priority, but gotcha. like you mentioned, the lead sled, we've got our own big, you know, Thunder Wagon vehicle also, Yeah. so I've got a bunch of tools in the back of mine that I like to have handy, everything from, you know, wrenches and straps, chains, just yeah. for your general four-wheel drive stuff. And uh, I'm going to be building some compartments for holding all of that stuff, as well as first aid type stuff, first responder type stuff. Yeah. And uh, But it's only natural that we would probably meld some of our own products into that line over time. So Absolutely. And then as far as exclusive goes, um, some fairly big news for us. We're, we're looking at a, a new – a new location. Oh wait, do we need, do we need a drum roll here? No, not really. Not really need a. We're drum getting an exclusive. But, but we are looking at um, expanding our footprint as far as uh, larger space because the space we're kind of outgrowing the space we're in. So That's a good problem. we need to good we problem. need to make a a decision here soon on on what we're going to do. And one of the one of the possibilities is a larger facility that's sitting empty at the other end of town here. So larger facility will allow for a lot of neat growth opportunities. Add to more variety. What more variety? We're just excited because the, the thought or possibility of having our own private indoor range would be <laughs> pretty nice. Tactical walls, indoor range. That, that wouldn't be bad, would it? We'd be we'd be I'm able to host. It. We'd be able to host some some people if they wanted to come and check out our uh, space. We'd have a place to sit and shoot inside. Hell yeah! So what what it is? It's like you could do. You could test out your product. So when somebody's accessing the shelf and dropping the gun, then they could practice, you know, how quickly they can do that. And you've got the range there to do it. Absolutely. Kind of like you did at the IV888. You had a little thing set up with your products. And it was really cool because um, it actually gave you a sense of how quick you could access your firearms uh, and get them. A defensive position. Yeah. Right. Actually- so so it, actually, it actually gave you hands-on. You know, the ability to see how easily and how quickly you could access your firearms from, and what you had there was one of those sliding mirror. We uh, had a full-length mirror, or full-length mirror, and we had a, uh, it's right, at IV-88, we only had the full-length mirror set up because of the weather. Right, we didn't set up the crappy we weather. The, when we went to the next show, we actually set up a shelf also, so you had to access the pistol and the rifle from two different components. Yeah, and so that would have been, that would have been really cool to. At the IB event, though, still we were able to get somebody to access, open the mirror, access the rifle. We had a window where they could shoot from, 
But um, load it, fire off two rounds downrange, you know, get down to the target, access it again for the pistol, load it, and get off two more rounds, all that in the span of about seven seconds. So No, I had, I had, I think my time was, was that the best time? I thought my time was like seven and it got beat by like two seconds. Uh, it might have was been my seven. nine. Remember, I don't know. I, I told you guys on a, on a previous episode to so go back to that episode. But I, I know Rob Ball, or I know uh, Eric from, from IV8888 did, uh, I'm, I'm going to refer to him as Eric Quad 8. <laughs> Eric Quad 8. There you go. He, uh, I think he did a 10, 9 or 10, and Rob Boss yeah. did it, actually. Rob Boss ran it. He ran Rob Boss with the fro and all, huh? He, uh, he rocked out maybe a 10 or an 11, but he's a very patient man, so he, he took a little time doing it. Well, I know I got, I think it was a 9. I think that's what I had. I did it in 9, and I was getting heckled by James Yeager the whole time I was doing it. Yeah. So well, if, I don't, if I don't put the stress on you, nothing will. Uh, and then I think 7, I think you're right, 7 was the... The quickest time and that's fast it's fast but because it there was probably you. there was probably a good yard or two yards between accessing the mirror getting to the window you had to load it get two shots off then go back get the pistol load the pistol get two shots off and that's the, the two things about our products because we're not a safe company and we you know we openly say you know safes are great we don't go out and kick on safes and say safes are t- no safes are great people right. People should definitely, if they can afford a safe, definitely get a safe, and they should have a safe in their home, whether it be in the basement, the garage, or wherever they choose to put it. You know, a lot of guys are building big old gun rooms, mm-hmm. and that's great. You know, if you can, if you have the resources to do it. But our products were sort of an entry level for people who aren't quite to the safe stage yet, yeah. or if they do have a safe and it's in the basement, and that doesn't do them any good in their bedroom. Well, and that's your product just adds a whole nother dimension. And like you said, they're not safes. Okay, guys, don't get these confused with safes. These are uh, concealment devices so that you can get to you can get to your firearms in an emergency situation where you don't have to go to your safe and do the safe thing. You know, you're not keeping all your guns in these, you know, keep your guns in the safe, but have your defensive guns. We call it concealed carry for your house is really concealed, what it is. Exactly. Concealed carry for your house, but yet there's, there's still concealed and safe enough where you know, the kids aren't going to be able to get to them. You know, you're not going to want to teach your kids that these are behind there. If you've not obviously trained them in the use and how to use a firearm. Right. And then the other thing is it's the out of sight thing for God forbid there's a break in and you're not home. Someone breaks right. in and, and you're out of town for the weekend and they look under your bed and find a shotgun. That shotgun's now on the street. Don't put your shotguns under the bed. Put your shotguns in a mirror <laughs> next to the bed. It's just as close, just as quick to access. Unless you have a custom-built uh, compartment under your bed that Tactical Walls has built for you. Oh, yeah. By all means, give us a call. We'll hook you up. <laughs> then then store it under your bed. Right. <laughs> so you guys have been at this for how long? Three years. Three just, years, just and you guys are... Off. We just had our uh, three-year anniversary. You guys are growing by leaps and bounds. Yeah, we've gone one one employee to 26 in that span. That's phenomenal, man. Congratulations on that. We appreciate it. And uh, we're, we we listen to our customer feedback. You know, we do the best we can on the social media. Um, not me, because I'm terrible, as you saw earlier with the social media. <laughs> You're not very tech savvy. <laughs> I am not. And I'm not, and you know, I'm not even looking to get tech savvy. But, that's, um, that's why you got other people, right? But that's, you know, I make sure that we have the right team. And the people who run those different channels and maintain that, they know what they're doing and they're very good at it. So, yeah, great bunch of people. Uh, I've 
met Tim. Uh, not Tim, sorry. You're Tim. I'm I met, Tim. <laughs> met Chris. I met your other half, Chris. Yep. Uh, and just a super nice guy. And uh, he kind of the one I went through with the clock thing and was very attentive and helpful and, and got everything just right. It's perfect. I just, We're just simple I just guys. haven't hung it yet. I got to hang it. I got to find a place to hang it. Yeah. I'm redoing the room in case you, you know, you can't see it's, it's a little messy, but this is going to be, it's either going to be this room or I got another room where I'm going to actually make a permanent, the talking lead room. So I haven't decided which one. That's why I haven't hung that yet. So. Yeah, that's all right. I, I hate, I hate putting holes in walls, you know, cause if you don't do it right the first time, then you got to you know, patch it. And I just, no, you don't got to patch it. We sell a drywall repair kit. Okay. It's there you a, go. Uh, it's just a mirror. <laughs> it's just our, our, our drywall repair kit is a mirror and it's useful when you're done if i were to cover all the holes in my walls where i've jacked up hanging paintings or pictures and things it would be nothing but mirrors yep or pictures or clocks so so very cool let's get into um we'll come back and talk more about tim and tactical walls um, but it's time for our jack wagon of the week Hey, Ralph, simplified do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. All right, so Tim has a Jack Wagon for us this week. I'm going to let him go first, and then I've got I've got one I'm going to throw on there just because. So go ahead, Tim. My Jack Wagon of the Week has actually been marinating for about a month because <laughs> their news broke out uh, beginning of October. And it's the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. Yeah, and, we've actually had a couple of uh, leadheads suggest them. So tell and, us about what these jack wagons have been doing. And Mike Farrell, I think, is the guy who proposed the legislation. They've um, San Francisco, if you don't know, and I'm sure a lot of your fans definitely do. California is already, you know, very restrictive on firearms, firearm ownership. And as I like to call it, freedom and liberty, um, as it is. And then various jurisdictions then take it even a step further, you know, whether it be on the county level or the state or, I mean, county or city or town level, and they go even above and beyond jack wagon status. Yeah. And uh, so the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, Mike Farrell, kind of drafted this legislation that they're proposing to. They want the one and only gun shop that's still in San Francisco to record, digitally record all of their firearm sales transactions so that the local law enforcement will have a record of who's buying the weapons and when, which is completely, I mean, complete total invasion of privacy. You know, a private transaction that's taking place between a private individual and a private company, no reason to really get them involved in any of that. And then the other thing that they want is recorded uh the sales of their ammunition which is you know what yeah it's 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 very record ammunition sales as well yeah they just they don't necessarily need to record uh digitally but they want a a log uh if you will where they'd be able to uh, submit that log at the end of the week here's our our ammunition sales here are the people who purchased our ammunition so if you go buy ammunition at this store then you have to give them your id and they put down your name, address, phone number. It says John Smith bought 300 rounds October the 28th, 2015 at such such time. Well, and there's so there's there's so much so much press about this. If the people go out and just look it up, you know, uh, you, probably the quickest thing you could Google is last gun shop in San Francisco closing its doors. 
So you don't yeah. have to worry about it because no one's information is going to make it to – because they're going to close their doors. So yeah. – and now the Board of Supervisors is saying you know, he's decided to close his doors preemptively because they haven't completely voted on it yet. So it's not yet law, but it's uh, – or it may have – at this point, we, I think we may have. I think they unanimously voted on it between the time the news broke earlier this month and now. How big but is San Francisco? It's pretty pretty damn San large. San Francisco is huge, but there was only one gun shop there. And the thing is, the gun in the shops, whole state, the gun shop, I mean the whole city, the gun shop's been there for I think I read sixty three years, and it was founded started by a Olympic shooter, an Olympic you know target shooter, yeah, long 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 time ago. So here is this uh, institution that's been there for a long time, and they're getting run they're, out of business. They're they're getting run out of business, and you know the the. The board of supervisors say, "Oh, the guy that's running's in his seventies now. He's, you know, that's the reason he's closing it. Is he's retiring?" But it's so. Do they have WalMarts in in California, San Francisco? So that was the interesting thing. I also found out I want to nominate Walmart for the Jack Wagon Award because uh, <laughs> okay, okay. When I was uh, going through and reading all of this, uh, one of the things that the board of supervisors pointed out is that uh, Walmart, you know, is a pretty big firearm uh, seller. And Walmart already ammunition, yeah. But they already record their transactions. They just do it in such a way that it's in on the eye in the sky. All those little black bubbles. You go to Walmart, you see all the little black security camera. So right. Walmart already has a digital record of every firearm transaction that you know that they've had. So you never yeah. think about that. You don't consider that. You go into your local gun shop, and you know. But here's the thing: the in depending on what state you're in, I guess. The authorities, local authorities, don't have – they're not privy to that those tapes. The, no, that's private property. Absolutely. That's, Correct. That's but, private property. But, but this law that California or the city of San Francisco, San Francisco the is going to put in place would make those file footages um, available to local law enforcement anytime they want them. Exactly. Pretty much so. Yeah. So I, that's why I brought up Walmart is because – I mean, technically, this guy might be the only dedicated gun shop, but there's still Walmarts. And I guess Walmart, I was going to say, does Walmart in San Francisco sell guns and firearms? That I don't know. I, I'm, not a, I'm not big on traveling to California, so I, I couldn't tell I'm you. I'm not either. So some, some of our leadheads can fill us in on that. Uh, I would think that they probably don't just for the, you know, all the bull crap. That, well, I know you, that Walmart, here's another reason to go ahead and nominate them. I know that they won't. Uh, in certain jurisdictions sell handgun ammunition or what they consider handgun ammunition, which how do you – twenty-two long rifle can be fired through a rifle or a handgun. Right. You know, so they, they don't really even know yeah. the laws of – I was in a Walmart once and couldn't get 9 millimeter or 45 ACP because it's a handgun ammunition. But I can yeah. also shoot it through my Kel-Tec Sep 2000, which is a rifle. Exactly. And they don't – you know, Walmart makes these, these self-imposed laws. They, that's something they've done upon themselves. Yeah. So that they can then do a press release that says Walmart, you know, handguns are the reason for violent crime. So we're not going to sell handgun ammunition. We're not going to feed it. But yeah, well, I think everything they do is is almighty dollar based anyway. I don't really think they give a crap about local laws or whatever because they quit selling the the modern sporting rifles, the ARs, um, because the market is saturated with them. I you know I think it was just purely. Uh, economical decision on their part. You know, if if they were selling, they were still making money. I think Walmart would still be selling the AR-15s. Right. Here's a quote from uh, Farrell, Mike Farrell. He's the uh, one of the supervisors on the board of supervisors. He says other cities have ar- already have laws with similar requirements for firearms and ammunition sales, 
And even though this is San Francisco's only store and it's now going out of business, Farrell says the new law will be in place should anyone else try to set up shop. So it's, I mean, even that sentence there, sh should anyone else try to set up shop? Like it's, yeah. they don't want a private to individual to, yeah, absolutely. It, you know, how dare you try to set up your evil shop here? So right. I think at this point they're still in business, but they've been selling the crap out of their uh, uh, T-shirts for support. People from all over the right. country have been supporting. So Highbridge Arms is the name of the uh, shop in San Francisco. Um, okay. But we may be too late because this thing I got says it. I don't know. Seems like I saw I read something today that it still hadn't passed. And it said that if they did pass it, then he was going to close his doors. But uh, yeah, it may have. And by Regardless, the time, they're on the jack wagon. I mean, oh yeah, definitely. And they they've been on there before for other stupid crap that they've done. But uh, uh, yeah, they're they're moving up a little closer to the front of the the bus, no doubt, or the train, the no train, doubt. the train. <laughs> All right, so my jack wagon is this um, this police officer that's been in the news, uh, and I don't know that I want to throw the police officer on, but there was this incident. He's an SRO, SRO officer student resource officer where there the school was having some trouble with one of the students. All right. So this, this goes down uh, in Columbia, Columbia, South Carolina. So this sheriff's deputy was called in to get this student that refused to leave. Apparently she was acting up in class, disrupting class, preventing the other students from uh, you know, getting their education for the day. And the teacher asked her to leave, and she refused to leave, and she sat there doing something on her phone. I don't know. But there's videos of this out there, and you can watch the videos, and you know you can make your own decision. Um, but So they call the SRO officer in, and he forcefully um, gets the girl to leave. And he does that by throwing her out of her, picking her up and throwing her out of her, her desk. Now, it says he threw her across the room. I've seen the video, and he's not really throwing her across the room. He's dragging her because she's, like, kicking and screaming and fighting him. Um, so he is trying to, without hurting her, get her out of this desk and not hurting the other students. Um, but with her resisting, it kind of makes it tough. So it looks like he loses his grip on her. He's trying to drag her to the door, and then he loses her, his grip, and she slides through the floor. You know how slick school floors are, um, and she slides. Well, this guy's lost his job. He's been fired over it as of today, um, December the 28th, 2015. Um, but I'm not throwing him on the jack wagon train. I'm throwing the school system. I'm throwing the uh, Columbia, South Carolina Sheriff's Department on the, on the jack wagon train because they called in the feds on this and made a federal case out of it. When this had no, the, the feds have no business getting involved with this. It needed to be handled by the. When you get What's the that? federal, when you got a federal agency getting involved with a girl who wouldn't uh, leave class, you know, how messed up the, is that? Yeah, how like, messed is that? The, the the resources spent on such a what should be a non-issue, non-story, non-anything. It it shouldn't it shouldn't ever made it out of the school newspaper. You know, I could see the school newspaper covering this, but oh, poor pitiful little Sarah, um, because she's being a little snot in class and disrupting the others. Uh, children's educational experience. Um, you know, they call the SRO, SRO officer in, which, you know, it should have been the principal handing this. They shouldn't have even called in the SRO for this. Principal and the teachers and the staff should have handled this themselves, but everybody's so 
afraid, I guess, of, and again, this was a black girl too. I don't think I mentioned that. She's a black girl. Um, so obviously. The resource officer was white, right? And the resource officer is white. Yes. So they're trying to make a racial issue out of it. Although I've heard time and time again that nobody is calling it a racial issue at this point. Which is good, but uh, you know, you know who's who's coming next is Jesse Jackson and Louis Farrakhan, and you know all those jack wagons, and they're going to make some kind of civil civil rights thing out of it. This family, this black girl's family, they're going to sue, they're going to win, they're going to get you know millions of dollars settled out of court, um, which is going to be tragic if that happens. But but the federal government should never have been brought into this to investigate this. This, it, It should have been handled locally. The the sheriff of the South Carolina, the Columbia, South Carolina Police Department is a jack wagon for not having the balls to handle this himself uh, and calling in the feds on this. So that's who I'm throwing on uh, the jack wagon training. I think his name is Lot. Lot asked the FBI. Even, and I don't think he can turn it away. I don't think he can get a call from the principal saying this thing happened. And as a sheriff, I don't think he can say, well, I don't care because of the, the resource. Here's the. You know, and by my, this is purely my personal opinion at this point. Um, and I'm, you know, I don't speak in any professional capacity, but just as a, a person, as a as a yeah. man in America, the fact that we have to have officers in our schools as it is is ridiculous. Is ridiculous that we have to have a student resource officer there is is just crazy but, to me. But you Let's know, talk about you know that. why you know why that is that is because it, it starts off small and then it, it builds its way up. So what happens what's happened this is my this is the left hand's theory, Tim. Okay. So bear with me. Um over the years, you know, the parents have gone and they've complained and they've bitched and they've moaned and they've sued schools. So they've school they've 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 sued teachers, they've sued principals, uh they've sued school boards that, you know, if you touch my child, you know, you're not gonna get away with that. Or if you, right. you know, you, you talk nasty to my little, little Sarah, uh, you try to put her in place, you know, we're not going to have any of that. So what, what is the school systems done? They've made policies and laws that, okay, you can't do that. You can't talk this way to these students anymore. So, all right, if you can't do that, then we've got to bring in the, the local police. We've got to get the SRO officers in here. So what are they doing now with the SRO officers? They're dumbing down their power, their authority as well. So what's the point in having an SRO, SRO officer in there now if he can't do all this? Well, now they're going to start making it a federal thing, and they're going to get federal people in to try to do the disciplinary things, and then you've got the government controlling everything. So right. it's, well, it's, you know, it's, just, it's over the years it's been a, a gradual maturation to the point to where it's at now. Well, that's, it's funny because it's just the words, you know, words matter and definitions. The definition of what a word is is changed and has changed over time. And, you know, when you or I were in school, there was a truancy office. And the truancy office, it, it's an office, a building, it's a room. Mm-hmm. And that's where people who are truant, you know, whether they're skipping school altogether or coming in late. And in the truancy office, you have a, you know, quote, truancy officer. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a that's a, just a generic title for a person that's there. Not to say officer of the law, but we now have officers that are full-blown law enforcement officers of the law who in some cases in some schools are armed, in some cases in some schools are not. And like right. you said, the school has said, okay, we're not going to talk bad to Sally or Jesse or Sam or Mike. We're going to just you know, be very hands-off with your son or daughter. But local law enforcement has the full authority of local law enforcement, you know, 
resources right. and they won't necessarily be very hands off with but it's a pretty sad state it really is and and a lot of it and i and i'm definitely down for your uh, nomination for jack wagon recipient but um a lot of that goes starts real early in life you know anyone who's raising a kid it does it's how you raise your kid to respect you know whether it's Authority figures. Authority, but not necessarily all authority, and not blindly. I'm not one for blind, um, blind acceptance and respect of authority for the sake of respect of authority, uh, because that's how a lot of bad things happen. I mean, look what happened with the Catholic Church, because a lot of people were just you just respect authority figures and you don't ever question anything, and you right. know you got a, you got a whole generation of people who were well, terribly mishandled in in the Catholic school system or the church. And now it comes to light, you know. Well, there's a 20. complete difference in, you know, questioning authority and just being a, a flat-out rebel. Oh, yeah. Well, and then that's the thug. other thing is, there's, does, the, uh, does the punishment fit the crime? Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't get a whole lot of what was the disruption in class because in the video, as you see, she's not exactly there kicking and flailing and making a ton of noise, but no. she is not listening to the, uh, you know, teacher's request to you know go to right. the office get out of the class yeah so yeah now c- could this guy have handled this a different way i'm i'm sure he probably could have but don't taste me bro but from <laughs> but, yeah geez. oh my gosh there, that school that school would be burned down right now if he tased her it, it, there would have been riots going on in south carolina <laughs> it'd be like missouri but um yeah I, but from what i'm seeing he was doing his best to to get her, at, remove her from the, the classroom environment as best he could without her voluntary cooperation. And it, he didn't throw her across the room. He he was dragging her because she refused to walk. He definitely, so, I mean, he definitely. And he, he, lost, he lost his grip, you know. So he, he was trying to scoot uh, her and slide her. He lost his grip and, it, you know. It looked like he has he to, he's definitely going in like forceful, you know, you're not going to go in there real dainty and, you know, no, uh, he meant, he meant business. You know, he had to show he meant business, but he did not pick her up and throw her, which is what everybody's making this out to be. Right. Well, the thing too is, uh, and it's so much easier to sit back here now, days later and be armchair quarterbacks about it. Yeah. But you know, when you have an individual, the best thing that, that, that they're doing, whatever they're doing for the audience so yeah. if you remove the teacher and all the other students from the room and you have them all go out in the hallway and then you have the student resource officer and the principal go into the room and say, yeah. look, you know, time to go. Show's over. Right, but, right. Yeah. yeah, like I said, there there are, you know, probably a million different ways that this could have been handled. And yeah. But I, I agree, though. The sheriff, like, to, to be able to make this and turn into a federal thing. But here's another thing is I didn't know kids were allowed to have cell phones in class. What are these kids doing with all their cell phones out, you know, recording this? And that's another thing. Like you said, you know, she was probably putting on a show. She knew she was being recorded, which probably escalated her determination on not budging, you know, her yeah. her decision. And I don't know. It's just it's ridiculous. The school should have handled this. The technology that we have today we we don't have a a way to uh moderate i guess or i don't know people are going to have phones for here evermore until until we're just communicating you know with a yeah. chip in our brain or something without the phone but, but at the same time they can uh the teachers there they see the kids video they could take the phones up you know yeah. and say you know sorry you know you're not supposed to have this in class taking this confiscate 
Now, you know, there's probably been some kind of policy put in place because uh, uh, some parents got upset because they were taking their kids' phones who were being disruptive in class with their phones, and now they don't touch their phones well, either. The argument you know, that, may be, that may be a policy there, too. I don't know. I always hear the argument of my kid needs to have – I need to have access to my kid no matter what emergency situation. I need to be able to contact my kid, this or that. And it's so it's such a BS argument to me because yeah. every generation in the, in the country prior to this generation There's, went to school through school with no phone. There's more generations that went to school without a phone than have been going with a phone. And and there's only one. Proof, there's proof in the pudding right there that you don't need to be in constant contact with your uh, ankle biter, so, your little yard ape. We could probably go on you know, all day, you and I, with our own personal stuff. But it's Oh, let's do I, it. That's what this we, show's about, man. That we can definitely uh, – we'll, we'll definitely see more of these. To we'll hell have, with I'm, what everybody else thinks. It's about our personal opinion. Yeah, we're going to have more of this stuff will happen, though. It's just over time. Well, this is what this is what they're doing. They're training these kids, and these families are training their kids to – is like, look, you know, this could be a payday for us. A friend of mine – I think a lot of people are seeing it that way, too. It's like, you know, get an authority figure to go off on you, and it's payday for the family. A friend of mine, and this is a, a true story, his his mom is a kinder, or a uh, substitute teacher, rather, and she was substitute teaching a third grade class somewhere, and they were reading a book in third grade about um, the characters were British. And so she thought, I'll read in a British accent, you know, in the best British accent she could muster. Sure. She's trying to read the character's part. Figuring, you know, it'll it'll bring the book to life a little bit. It'll put put some spice into the character. It'll actually, instead of just being the same, you know, teacher's voice, the kids might really appreciate or enjoy it. So she's doing her best, you know, English impersonation. I don't know. Some people can do that stuff great. Some people not so much. And uh, third grader raised his hand. I don't know if it was him or her, but I'll say his for the sake of the story. Raised his hand and told the teacher that what she was doing offended him. That he was offended. This is a third grader who, mm-hmm. who, you know, that offends me. You know why it offends him? Because somebody probably coached him to. <laughs> because he's heard that. Yeah, his mama got up one time and somebody did something and said that offended me. Because in and, third grade, I try to think back to third grade. I'm trying to put myself not and and obviously you can't can't use my history, can't use your history, but uh, the the idea or concept of being offended in third grade to me is it's so. I didn't know what that was. I didn't so, know what that word meant. And, and we can't use our education level. Maybe this is a really bright kid, but still, it, like you're like you're saying. But still, I mean, why would it offend him? I yeah. Mean, does 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 watching uh, Angelina Jolie in a movie doing her fake British accent offend him? You know, yeah. she was doing it for effect. She was doing it for art. You know, yeah. what happened to 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 theater? And, and you won't be allowed to have theater because that'll you know because it's going to offend somebody. It'll offend somebody. Yeah, you can't do Shakespeare anymore, and you can't do it in the old British tongue because it's going to offend somebody. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, and there's always something with – look at uh, Robert Downey Jr. and some of the roles he's played, and look at Tropic Thunder and, and some of the – you know. <laughs> love that movie. <laughs> never mind the fact that it's it's a comedy for comedy's sake, and never mind the fact that his character in that comedy is such a – you know, it's poking fun of being able to be such a well-known actor that you can do any character. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, there's one character in particular that the he's black doing, character. and he's exactly, doing and people are up in arms about him doing blackface. It's hilarious. So <laughs> It's hilarious. 
because we know that he's he's not being racist about it. He's 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 being an overzealous actor who thinks that they can take on any kind of part. Yeah, and, and that is exactly the story. So. And nail it. <laughs> That's what's so funny about it because there are actors out there like that. The whole thing about feelings not being hurt and trying to protect everyone's feelings all the time, and it's just it's it's dangerous. We're getting on slippery slippery dangerous ground that. Yeah. To think that you have the right to go through life without being, you know, whether it be offended or upset or angry, like those are things that inherently you're going to come across and probably should because it's what builds character. Yeah. And you need to know how to deal with it personally uh, and instead of trying to make somebody else change. Exactly. Yeah, and and, if and you, deal with it because the world, don't, make it world don't revolve around you, sunshine. If you think you're going to make it through without being offended or upset or things aren't going to go your way, it's it's hell. I offend probably ninety percent of the people that listen to the show. Did you see? Uh, <laughs> I just saw a, a Kia. I think it was a Kia ad. Kia, like the car. Kia, the car. This guy is walking back. I wasn't even in the room. I was in the kitchen at a friend's house, and happened to like catch the tail end of the ad because the kids get in the car and. He has this trophy in his hand, yeah. and it says participation, you know, participant. Participant. And he peels the little participation trophy, the little placard. He peels it off the front of the trophy, and he takes a Sharpie marker. Um, there's a little plug for Sharpie. And yeah. he writes down champs. You know, he writes – he handwrites champs on the trophy because he's just <laughs> holding the trophy in his hand, and he's looking down. And he, I think he was upset because I think he says something along the lines of, we won. You know, we were the champs. Like – but right. everyone got a participation trophy, not even, you know, just everyone got a participation trophy, whether you won or not. So yeah. he wrote champs on it. Then he gets in the car and he gives the trophy to the kids and everyone's like, yeah. Isn't, isn't that the whole point of having a competition is you have a winner? Isn't that the whole point in having a competition is to, to see who is better, who's best? Yeah. Isn't it the whole point of training to try to be better or best or fastest? Right. So what's the point of having a competition? But if, then you, you – Everybody, it's not a competition then. Then it's just it's it's an activity. The cool thing is there are so many competitions. There's so many hobbies, sports, avenues, outlets, if you will, that everybody can be a winner at something. Every well, one of us. You know, you and I aren't well, gonna be going out winning any beauty pageants anytime too people. soon. Well it depends. Depends on what kind of a beauty pageant it is. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. You know you, you we do all right. Just like they've come up with all these different kind of beauty pageants to let people who can't win Miss America feel good about themselves by winning th this specialized little beauty pageant that they've made over here. I don't know. I don't know the names of any beauty pageants, but I do know, you know, there's like, um, I don't know. They just have Miss Navajo Nation. That article was just out in the news. The Miss Navajo Nation. There's, there's the Miss cool Black thing America. Was that there's was, Miss, it wasn't, uh, Miss Navajo Nation isn't based on looks. It's not a looks based. Miss Geriatrics. There's Miss. <laughs> it's um, Miss Navajo was great because it was based on their ability. They were judged greatly on their ability to speak the native tongue, their native tongue, yeah. and to uh, butcher uh, sheep, which I'm totally down with. Like Sweet. Yeah, I mean attributes yeah. you definitely want in in a Miss Navajo for sure. That's right. I mean that that's a attribute that you want on the range, at Navajo Nation, because yeah. the women could where look. looks don't really get you much when you're you know I mean, <laughs> do much for you. But our point is that if it's a competition, that by definition there has to be a winner. You know, you're competing against other people. If you're not competing to be the best, 
or the worst in some competitions, I guess there are competitions that are designed that way, then it's not a competition. It's just an activity at that point. All right. So don't call it a competition. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap up our jack wagon. We went, that's like a, probably the second longest jack wagon. Might be the first. I'll have to time it. Um, but two good jack wagons. Appreciate you bringing that to uh, California jack wagons on board. Um, they definitely deserve it. All right, Leadheads, this is our Fact to Fight the Myth segment. So, Zeke, introduce it. SBI is proud to present the Talking Lead Fact to Fight the Myth. All right, so somewhere along the way during my interview with Tim, uh, I lost this audio. So I am doing a recreation of our Fact to Fight the Myth this week, and it has to do uh, with the fact of... A lot of people believe that you have to register your firearms. So let's say your grandpa dies and he wills you his you know, shotgun collection that he had. Uh, well, a lot of people feel that they have to register those firearms before they can take possession of those, which is not accurate. Uh, you do not have to register those, those firearms. In most cases, there are no federal laws requiring registration of a firearm the exception to this rule is NFA weapons. NFA weapons include machine guns, certain parts of machine guns, short-barreled rifles, short-barreled shotguns, of course suppressors slash silencers, and what's considered destructive devices such as grenades or mortars. An additional category uh, that they have is called any other weapon, and this is just a term that is used to describe a concealable weapon that can be shot but doesn't quite fit into any other category. Um, this would be like those um, those umbrella canes that you've seen uh, or you know those super spy type things like a, a gun, the, a pin gun, you know something like that. So uh, unless it's one of those you don't have to register your weapons. So in-state transactions, if you're an individual and you're doing a transaction with another individual who wants to buy your gun, then there's no federal law that requires you to uh, have to register that or go through a, a federal firearms license dealer in most states. Now, there are some states out there you want to check your local state laws, but there's no federal law for that. So, outside of just a person-to-person -person transaction or, you know, your grandpa willing his gun to you, or if your grandpa just wants to give you his gun. If you go through a federal firearms license dealer, you are re required to undergo a federal background check and fill out that form. It's just a firearms transaction record. It's known as the Form 4473. This isn't technically the same as registering your gun, but it is a record of the purchase. So that's a you know, big misconception that a lot of people have. And we want to thank Tim for bringing this Fact to Fight the Myth to the show this week. So to reiterate, uh, the myth is that you have to register your firearms. The fact is that there is no federal law that requires you to register guns or firearms unless they're in that category of the NFA weapons that I had mentioned earlier. Uh, and as long as you're doing an uh, individual transaction within your own state... Uh, and each individual has to be, uh, obviously, from that state, then it's legal to do person-to-person -person transactions. 
Now, if you're buying from outside your state, then you're required to let an FFL handle the transfer in that case. I'm not an attorney, Leadheads. Of course, you know that. Uh, but uh, there are many sources out there that you can refer to to get this information. And the interwebs being the biggest one, just Google it and you'll find all kinds of information out there about that. Thank you, Tim, with Tactical Walls for this week's Sonoran Desert Institute's Fact to Fight the Myth. SDI's 32 semester credit hour certificate program in gunsmithing and 60 credit hour associate of science and firearms technology degree program can work hand in hand and are the most complete training programs of their kind. SDI strives to give you the best quantity and quality of professional gunsmithing information and tools. These programs are perfect for students interested in careers in the firearms industry or for those who are interested in owning their own gunsmithing business. Our programs are delivered via distance learning, which allows our students to maintain full-time jobs, families, military service, and more while working towards their degree or certificate. The Sonoran Desert Institute mission is adding value to our students' lives by providing innovative, relevant, and applicable workplace-driven education through distance-delivered instructions. Visit them at sdi.edu. All right, so Tim, this is his first time on our show, so he is going to get subjected to our line of questioning for first-time guests. <laughs> but Tim, how did you originally get involved with firearms? Mm. Originally involved with firearms. What's your earliest recollection of shooting a gun? My dad had guns when I was growing up, mm-hmm. and... Uh, he had, you know, shotguns, this, that, air, air rifle. And I remember my parents bought me a BB gun for Christmas when I was, you know, to a lot of people, too young to have access to such a destructive device. Uh-huh. But um, You'll put your I eye out. Parents, I don't know, I was six, seven, eight years old maybe. I don't even remember. You remember what it was? I still have it. Uh, actually, my kids shoot it. So uh, Cool. Yeah. And uh, so that was my first, you know, as far as. What was your first uh Bullet gas operated firearm. My first one gunpowder. Uh, it was a uh, Taurus PT 111 nine millimeter subcompact. How old were you when you had that? That was several years ago, not very long ago at all. Okay. I was still, an adult. You still this own was, that? Yeah. Oh no, I don't still own that. I actually sold that um, via the quote gun show loophole. Oh. <laughs> so. Or in other words, a private individual had interest in my private property, and we had a private transaction. So, in other words, you did a legal transaction. Yeah, totally legal. Yeah. You know? <laughs> if I'd have had a lawnmower, he would have bought that as well, and a bicycle. <laughs> but I didn't have a lawnmower. He was looking for one. Well, you want to make sure you get his driver's license and uh, address if he's going to you're going to sell him that lawnmower because he may take that that lawnmower and decapitate somebody with it. Yeah. So. Anyway, um, I don't. So I don't have that. I don't have, and I don't regret selling it. I mean, it served its purpose. I. What'd you replace it with? Uh, Glock. Nice. Which I still have Glock. But which, which one? Nineteen. Okay. But I. Uh, Nine millimeter guy. That's my a- my my dad and my brother were both into the firearms all growing up. I had you know I was into sports and motorcycles and bicycles and. Other stuff. I just I, I didn't have a thing against firearms. I just didn't, you know, wasn't Too into busy it. doing other stuff. But then as I got older and had a family and had kids and we bought our home, I kind of thought, man, I I need to get actually, 
I had guns in the house. They just weren't mine. My brother had a uh, a, a rule, I guess. His his wife had a rule for him years ago. His wife had a rule? He, you can't was, have guns uh, in the house. He couldn't have more than like 13 or something. There was some really arbitrary number. She didn't want more than 13, like a baker's dozen or something. Okay. So, so that- I was holding several of his for him. So it's it's funny because – it's just like, oh, okay, well, we'll keep 13 at the house, and my brother will hold three, and my buddy will hold four, and another guy will hold, you know. I know people that actually do that not because, you know, mama's got a rule against it, but it's they want to have their guns spread out. Right, well, and I think my brother's access to them. long went out the window. You know, I think that was very early in their relationship where there was uh, – so misunderstanding of how oh she just wanted to flex her muscles is all it was safer and I think as as time went on it's no bring them you know all are welcome yeah so um so I no longer have to hold my brother's firearms anymore but uh I got my own I got that that nine millimeter had it at the house and nice got a concealed carry permit and you know go out and train and shoot and practice and get to be like you're supposed with. to do when you're a responsible gun owner good for you. Yeah, and and you you know you you learn about you learn a lot. There's so much yeah. to learn. There is, and, and uh, so you go out and then you want to try other calibers and you know. And then I'm, you said nine millimeter guy. I'm I got forty fives and oh, nine yeah. millimeters and twenty twos and all that stuff. I bought twenty twos because they were great, cheap for training, and then you know about five months later they were impossible to get. <laughs> yeah. So now they're now they're not. You can get them now. Yeah, they're, they're it's not like it was robust. And Everyone you know, I'm really surprised that since this last freaking school shooting, that you know there hasn't been another mad dash or run. I think people have kind of learned that. Um, it, there was no real major they, talk of legislation, though. Is what it was. Well, he's still tooting his horn and you know shaking their fist and you know threatening this and threatening that but it's i think people like, have uh, learned that they're just threatening and they can't do anything about it and really it was these opportunists that were going out and causing these shortages they were wanting to go and buy and hoard everything and then resell it and it was it was a lot of people didn't even own guns that were doing it that were causing the shortages so i think yeah. i think a lot of them got busted the last time and had a huge loss so those jack wagons quit uh, you know going to walmart buying up all the ammo yeah. Causing the shortages, which is good. I think there's still some of that going on. Well, there's probably is to a certain extent, but I, don't I think know. there was a like a a ring of retirees around here who was going around, and you know they're retired. They go in the middle of the week when the uh, supplies come in. Yeah, get there three 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 in the morning when the truck shows up. They go in there and they buy up, you know, the maximum they can buy, and they go as like you know half a dozen guys go together, buy them all up, and. Then they're putting it on Craigslist or wherever else to yeah. make a little profit, supplement probably, their retirement. Probably get that in certain areas, but it's not like that all over no, the United no. States like it was before. But yeah, you do get you know these little, like you said, little guys ain't got nothing better to do that want to try to corner the market in their area. Yeah. But uh, all right. So question number two is: Do you have any military or law enforcement background? I was in the Air Force. Okay, that doesn't count. Do you have any real military or no? I'm just kidding. Air Force <laughs> definitely counts. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's, people just hate on the Air Force because we got the I best stuff, smartest people, the best looking women. I mean, best equipment. You know what it is? You know why the Air Force has so much more than everyone else? Why is that? Because the Air Force has airplanes, and the Marines don't have airplanes. You know, the Army has airplanes. The the well, okay, they've got airplanes that they need to use naval ships to do, but. When an, when an Air Force 
uh, base gets ready to go in somewhere, they get a budget from the Pentagon, you know, and it's a bajillion dollars. Mm-hmm. And the Air Force goes in, and you know what's the primary role of the the uh, the Air Force base is? You know, you need a runway and airplanes, right? Right. That's the last thing they build. They spend all their money and they spend all their budget building all the infrastructure, the best hospital, the best food, the best dorms, the best gym, the best everything. And then they go back to the Pentagon and say, "Uh oh, we ran out of money for our Air Force base. We have everything but the <laughs> runway." And what's the what's the Pentagon going to say? Oh, well, you're too late. Too bad, so sad. So too Pentagon late. just got to have a runway. We got to have a runway. So then Pentagon goes, I guess, to Congress, and next thing you know, we got a runway. And then they say, "Screw your runway. Go land on that aircraft carrier." Yeah, Air Force, <laughs> you think you're so badass? <laughs> None of the Air Force planes really can land on an aircraft carrier. But so I got, I've got that going for me. That's some helis, helicopters. What'd you do in there? Can I ask what you did? Yeah, I was a crew chief. I uh, was a uh, mechanic for for layman's awesome. layman thank terms. You, thank you for your service. Yeah, not a problem. Do you have any interesting stories that you could tell? Um, or, or would like to? I'm sure you have plenty you could tell. Or any that any that you'd like to share with the listeners? I, I think pretty much. I I was never anything too crazy. You know, like oh, super top secret. So I traveled a good yeah. bit. Got to go neat places. I uh, went to the Middle East twice. Um, any good fun stories in the Middle East while you were there? We we got Look, to travel. Dude, I, I know you. You're you're a freaking wild man. I know you did something. We we got to travel. <laughs> we I got <laughs> went. I, I'm I'm a redhead, right? And uh, I will That's sunburn. What I'm seeing. Unless I will you sunburn in about uh, in about 37 seconds. If I go out in the sun. Well, we decided to go snorkeling because that's what the Air Force does when they go to the Middle East. They go to the Mediterranean and go snorkeling. And, and, <laughs> no, uh, you don't even scuba dive. You snorkel. <laughs> we snorkel. But uh, we went snorkeling. We, we had this like private snorkeling tour and went snorkeling and got all sunburned up. I got so sunburned that I knew it was going to be bad. So I went back and I had like another day and a half, I think, until I had to be back to duty. And I slept for 19 hours. It's the oh, longest crap. I've ever slept in my I basically tried to sleep through all the stages of sunburn burn. Of sun poisoning? Yeah. So I Man, just, that's not fun because I've had sun poisoning before. I pretty much went and loaded up on as much food as I could and then went back to uh, the tent and climbed in the darkest possible, coolest spot that I could to sleep it off in the hopes that, you know, maybe when I wake up, the sunburn will have already healed itself. <laughs> so didn't work. But to no avail. Yeah. No. That's, that's my guess. My my best crazy Middle East story. You're, you're holding back, I can tell. Fine, we'll, <laughs> we'll move on if you don't want to tell us the real stories. That's okay. When it comes to pop culture, what is your go-to movie, book, song, magazine, whatever it may be? What's, uh, what's, what's your go-to comfort pop culture? Yeah, that's tough. That's a, that's, a very broad, uh, that's a very broad category. What's the first thing that comes to mind? I grew up in a house that we didn't have TV, right? Damn. So, uh, and we don't have TV now. <laughs> we're we're a little old school, but um. So is is Sony not made it to west west part of Virginia yet? No, I just I'm not big on TV. Just I don't just, dig on TV. So okay. many other things to do. So do you not like have a TV at all, or you just don't have cable? We have a TV that is our computer monitor. Gotcha. So our TV, to say we don't have TV is a bit of a, I mean, we don't have cable. Yeah. We've got Netflix. We've got Amazon. Right. And I don't, so, I haven't had cable for going on almost 15 years now. But I don't watch like local news. We don't, I don't get down like that at all. Right. I, I go seek out the news sources. And if I'm, 
you know, and I'll read news from right wing sources, left wing sources. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll try to get a little bit of everything. Just but you were brought happening. up. You were brought up to be a critical thinker, and you read both sides so that you can get the best information possible and form That's your own decision. That's probably a good way of putting it. My, my, we grew up without the TV, and we had a, a black and white set that uh, we would break out from the attic for. I can remember watching a Seahawks game. I think they were either in the Super Bowl oh my God. or maybe the playoffs. So I remember seeing that. I remember watching the Columbia space shuttle thing on the black and white. Yeah. And I remember watching King Kong, like the, the old King Kong with, I think, Faye Dunaway maybe. But it was playing on one of those little black and whites with the little knob you had to turn. Like the original so, King Kong or the yeah. one with uh, Jeff Bridges? No, no, original, like old school. Okay, yeah, okay. But um, stop motion. Pretty much, yeah. Cool. But uh, we we broke the TV out for very special occasions, and then I guess when we were in our teens, Dad went ahead. He got a TV, and we got like a dish, some sort of satellite dish. Yeah. And we had that for a couple months, and Dad came home from work one day and was like, "We watch too much TV," and he pretty much just like got rid of it. <laughs> I was like, okay, we watch too much TV. No problem. So, That's, but anyway, this, this all that backstory to go into this. Uh, as a result of not having TV, <laughs> we didn't have video games. So when we would go visit people, my brother would go play video games with their video games. You know, he, Nintendo. He would binge, wouldn't he? He would like go binge video play them. And I, I never really like. This is how we differ. I don't really get down with video games. I'm, I'll throw a ball, I'll throw a baseball, or you know, I'll hit, I'll run. But if it's not a uh, physical activity, I'm really not down to do it too much. But yeah. um, my thing, though, was movies. I'd binge on movies. So, yeah. and I, I mean, pop culture wise, I like, uh, I like the old original Mad Max. It was one okay. of my favorite movies. You know, it was one of my. Mel Gibson, yeah. Mel Gibson, it's the original Mad Max, and then the Road Warrior. I get down with that kind of stuff. Uh, music, I'm all over the place. You know, a lot of people. They'll end up listening to whatever music they listened to when they were in high school. They'll listen to that the rest of their life. Yeah. Like what's, the, what's your go-to magazine? Do you have a, a magazine that you like? The Glock 19. <laughs> the Glock 19 magazine? <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good but, answer. uh, I like no, um, not really. No, not really. Not a soldier of fortune kind of guy? No, no. I, I mean, I was when I was in the Air Force and prior to doing guns, I was really into motorcycles, so... Yeah, there was a, this magazine called Road Racer X, and I actually got a subscription to that. So cool. that may be the only subscription I've ever held in my life, and that was a decade ago or longer, actually. <laughs> That's funny. Your bucket list when it when it comes to your next gotta have, wanna have gun laws be damned, rules be damned. What uh, what would you like to have? You could have anything. I'm trying to think. What would I? Something practical. It'd have to be practical. It's it's like a. Keltec Sub 2000? Actually, that was the one that I was thinking of. Um, I've got a friend with one. and uh, Me? Well, dude, I've got two I friends with friend. one. I have, have two. I'll let, you shoot. I'll let you shoot one. Do you have the first gen or the second gen? Both. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I have a second gen that we got from Keltec to do some marketing stuff with, mm -hmm. and we have that, but uh, it's, it's, they, they sent us a few guns, and we used them in marketing, and we continue to use them, and... I kept the KSG. Love the KSG, yeah. Because uh, I got. I still a, don't have one though yet. I mean, can you believe that? I still don't have a KSG yet. I I don't. I didn't have a 12 gauge, and so all my gun guy friends would rip on me. You can't believe you don't have a 12 gauge. Can't believe you don't have a 12 gauge. 
But um, yeah, anybody with a set of nuts has got to have a twelve gauge. I mean, it's just it's kind of the that's so that's kind of what I've been told and yelled at about. So when <laughs> when we worked with Caltech and they were great to work with and Chad, everybody there, um, when we got the guns from Caltech, we uh, worked out a deal with them that we didn't have to send them back. You know, that was we were well, trying that's, hard. That's to, a great deal. That's to a great. Have to send them back and. That's always my ultimate goal is when they send me one, not to not to have to send it back. So. All right, so Tim has our trivia question. Actually, it's questions. We're going to have two winners this week, and Tim is going to tell you what you're going to win and what you got to do to win it. All right, well, our prizes are our Tactical Walls issue boxes, which for the people who don't know what they are, they're, they're tissue box covers that have a hidden compartment. And they're great for, you know, small little compact pistols, be able to hide something wherever you want to keep it, you know, very innocuously under a tissue box. What about spy and, cams? Can you put a spy cam in there? I guess you could if you're resourceful. <laughs> you definitely could. But um, what you got to do is you got to go find our Tactical Walls issue box video on on the YouTubes. And you've got to find there's a, a snack there's a tasty treat somewhere in that tactical, video. Tactical snacktical. There's a tactical snacktical in that video. You've got to identify what that snack is in the video, and that's what you got to do to be uh, qualified. But you also see. have to you also have to subscribe to their channel. Yep. Okay, and you have to like the video. And I'm not we're not putting a, a number on it like we did Matt's, but you do have to subscribe and you do have to like it. And you got to go find some the Facebook thing and do that. Right, and as always, you got to go to their Facebook page and like their Facebook page also. And you don't now, have to find Instagram, but we'd like if you did. Because <laughs> okay, you want to see? Go to Instagram have. also. No, <laughs> go to Instagram also. You don't have to, but go there anyway and do it. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on all the cool, awesome stuff we post up on there. That's right. And the second way that you can win a tactical issue box is, and so. one of our blogs, we mention a fictional doctor character several times in the blog so we need you to to go find the blog page on our website look through our blogs and find who the fictional doctor character is and tell us who the real live person is also so yeah they've got i don't make things easy man i make people work for this shit, okay yeah yeah yeah, because everyone will know the uh the fictional doctor yeah so the fictional doctor and then tell us who the the person person who played the fictional played the fictional doctor is and same thing applies with this is you have to go to their Facebook page, like their Facebook page, and you have to sign up for their blog. Is, do, do they sign up for your blog? I don't, or? I don't know how blogs work. I just write them. Okay. I don't <laughs> either. But you're going to have to go to I don't know. tacticalwalls.com to find the link to the blog. And, oh, by the way, while you're there at their website, you might as well go ahead and use the Talking Lead discount code. Right, Tim? You probably would like to do that. It'd be a good thing to do. I mean, we're going to extend that to the lead heads out there through the end of January 2016. By the time this airs, that gives them three solid months to go there. Um, you know, the holidays are coming. So these you go there. Their products make great gifts for loved ones, for yourself. And they're going to use the lead head, the standard lead head discount code, all caps, lead head, one word, at checkout. And they're going to get. Tell them what they're going to get, how much they're getting off to. You get a 7% discount on, on anything in their cart. Bang. There you go, guys. 7% off anything in your cart. Now and, well, when this airs. So November through January to the end of January, 
you're going to get that discount. We started a flat rate shipping thing too. So I know depending on where people live, I know if you get a lot of people in California, um, that used to be one of our big, you know, one of our big giant shipping destinations. Yeah. And with the flat rate shipping, California is loving it right now. I'll bet. Now, don't mess around with this, Leadheads, because Christmas is coming up. And if you if you're going to put in a custom order, they'll need to get busy on that because I'm sure these guys are going to get backed up over the holidays. So go ahead and get your orders in. Use the Leadhead discount code, and you're going to make somebody happy this Christmas. Very cool. Well, thank you guys for setting that up, Tim. We appreciate that. Yeah, not a problem. And then if they're following, once they go do this, this, you know, once they go do the find and seek, they'll be following the Facebook, and then they'll get the announcement. Because as you mentioned, we do tend to get busy around Christmas, and usually in the uh, middle of November, we make a uh, hard line date that we can't guarantee a Christmas delivery by. Last year, I want to say it was December 10th or 11th. We said, you know, we'd be able to make any orders by then. Yeah. To get there, but. We actually crushed it last year. We were able to make people who were ordering into the 15th or 16th were still able to get their stuff by Christmas. Awesome. Which, which we were pretty happy about. Heck yeah, and I'm, I'm sure your customers were too. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Talking Lead. And I just really want to thank Tim for taking the time. Uh, this is, is going to be another long-ass show. <laughs> So, Tim, how can everybody get in touch with you guys? Uh, I know you got Facebook, you got YouTube, you got Instagram, you got the website. Give all that out. Okay, we've got the Tactical Walls on Instagram. We've got Tactical Walls on YouTube, Tactical Walls on Facebook. TacticalWalls.com is the website. So, so basically, they just Google Tactical Walls, and they're going to find all your stuff. We should be able to. Yeah, we own it, I think. I think, we, I think, we, I think you own that one? I think we got that pretty good. Yeah. And then, of course, we're going to be making posts uh, on our Facebook page, and they'll have links to uh, to Tactical Walls and, and all their stuff there, too. <laughs> all right, guys. I also want to thank uh, our other sponsors. Uh, our new sponsor, Nordic Components. Make sure you go check out Nordic Components and use the uh, Talking Lead discount code there. And everybody I'm giving you is going to have the same discount code, guys. It's LEADHEAD, all caps, all one word. Uh, and you're going to get uh, 7% discount on Nordic Components. Uh, Primic, uh, make sure you go there and use the 15% discount code. Dipstick, go to Dip123, go to their website there and get uh, 10% off all your hydro dipping needs except the tubs. Uh, if you guys use these codes and they don't work, let me know. But all these codes are going to be active for a while now. So uh, make sure you go and, and support our sponsors. Uh, the Snoring Desert Institute, SDI, go there. I don't have a discount code set up for them yet, but uh, we're working on that. Get your distance learning gunsmithing on with the Snoring Desert Institute. Uh, I want to thank... Casey for being on the show today. Mission 22, you guys have heard me talk about Mission 22. They were there at the Trigicon Challenge with us. The awareness for the veteran suicide rate in this country is what their mission is. To bring awareness, you don't get change unless people are aware, and we need to get the word out. So make sure you go to Mission 22, support those guys, buy a t-shirt, buy a hat, buy koozies. They've got all kinds of cool swag there. And anytime you see the number 22 anywhere, take a picture of it, take a selfie with it, post it to their, uh, their page uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and do hashtag MI22ION. You know, we want to put an end to veteran suicide. One veteran suicide a day is too many, but 22 is just completely unacceptable. The, the group over at Sheepdog Impact Assistance, Sheepdog IA, 
These guys are doing uh, tremendous things in our community, helping in these disaster recovery areas. I know they just recently were down in South, South Carolina with the flooding. Uh, they get former military, former uh, law enforcement, fire department, EMS, people together, and they organize these groups to go down and help with these disaster recovery uh, missions. Uh, even if you're a civilian, you can still help out with this. They have programs that would be available for you. So if you want to donate your time, obviously money is a big thing. Go to sheepdogia.com and help support those guys as well. Uh, I want to thank Apex Triggers for hooking me up with their Glock Action Enhancement Trigger. Uh, inserted that in my Glock 23. Got some introductory videos for that that Casey and I shot while we were up at Rock Castle. Hopefully those turned out good. I haven't had a chance to even look at them. Uh, also want to thank the guys at Neomag for sending me one of their uh, pocket magazine holders. Uh, it's a little magnetic device that I'm testing out right now uh, that your magazine will stick to because it's magnetic, but then it clips to your pocket. You know, like you insert your knife, you'd put that in your pocket and you'd have your magazine at ready. Uh, so I'm going to test that out and see how that works, but so far so good. Neomag, N-E-O-M-A-G, check those guys out. Um, guys at Keltech, Chad, Enos, give those guys some love. Uh, still testing out that Keltech Sub-2000, as you guys know. All right, Tim, great show. Again, thank you so much for being on. Looking forward to doing more with you guys in the future. Uh, we got to get Chris on here, man. He's Chris is a uh, – he likes to stay He likes to stay quiet and chill. He's not, not real big on the guy in front of the camera or <laughs> – he doesn't well, like to be the voice, I don't think. He likes to have a nice private. He has done very well on the times that I've had him on camera. And you've been in the background kind of being, where's Waldo? Like poking your head around corners and stuff in the videos. Yeah. I was always like, who is that guy? What is he doing? I'm but, an attention whore. He's not. We same. found out it was his uh, it was his birthday here earlier this this week. week last week? Uh-huh. Last week, maybe. It was his birthday, and they were going to lunch, and they said, hey, we're taking Chris out to lunch for his birthday. Do you want to come? It's just a local Italian place. And, I mean, I was wearing jeans and, a like, a polo shirt or something. I'm like, yeah, I'll be right over. And I just, at that point, decided I'm going to wear a tuxedo. So <laughs> so I literally showed up at this, like, just local Italian place. Everyone else is there. I show up in a tuxedo for his birthday. <laughs> I was supposed to, I was going to w- walk in singing, like, some really fake italian song like Whoa, yeah. like you know whatever and i gave him two kisses on the cheek but no one took photos of it. we forgot to take a photo but i got a photo of me in a tuxedo back at work later all right leadheads as always keep your loved ones close and your firearms closer and a tactical wall preferably and use your leadhead discount code to get seven percent off stay away from john wilkes booth that son of a bitch Especially when he's with Bill Murray drinking. Yeah. <laughs> happy trees. Paint your clouds. They're, they're happy clouds. 